Welcome to the Community Connections Podcast. As President and CEO of Bank of Idaho, I am fascinated with authentic and real conversations, and my goal is to establish long-term relationships. Community Connections is an opportunity for me to connect with local business owners and leaders to hear their stories. Here at the Bank of Idaho, people bank with people. With that, sit back, relax, and listen to the unique stories of our neighbors, colleagues, friends, and community connections. The Bank of Idaho is an equal housing lender, member FDIC. Today joining us is Rebecca Casper, Mayor of Idaho Falls. Rebecca has a passion for politics, and this passion benefits the residents that live in the city of Idaho Falls. Even though Mayor Casper has had many leadership positions, her highest priority is her four children. They are her pride and joy. All right, well, uh, Mayor Rebecca Casper, thank you so much. I, I'm really honored that you would take the time. I know you're so busy. You have a very busy schedule. And, the honor's uh, mine. Oh. Being invited uh, to be in a conversation oh. with you is a big deal. Oh. Thank you, Jeff. Well, that's very sweet. <laughs> uh, I always call you my partner because we always go out in the community and we're always partnering together. And uh, that's, that's such a joy for me. If it's not one thing, it's another. <laughs> it so, is. Right. And what great times we've had with uh, uh, serving our community. And I thank you so much for all that you do. Well, thank you. A lot of people don't realize uh, how many hours you spend. Uh, we've dialogued through email and texts, sometimes very late at night. <laughs> I know that uh, people ask me if I ever sleep. They probably ask you the same question. Or they bawl me out and say, oh. you shouldn't be working. <laughs> that you should right. be. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody knows you're the mayor, and, and we're going to talk about what that's like and uh, some of those questions centered around that. But I wanted to go to some, some, some of your background that probably a lot of people don't know. Okay. And that's uh, where, where were you raised, and, and how, where, how did you grow up, and some of those things. My parents met uh, in the training class um, of an Arthur Murray dance studio in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, wow. And so they, uh, for many, many years, were in the ballroom dance business. And that business is one that, you know, you need to hustle and sell lessons. Yes. And, and the dance is, in some ways, secondary to the business of selling. Yeah, okay. And so uh, my parents were, uh, and my mom still is, great salespeople. Oh. Um, but uh, the, the, the dancing was a piece of it, but there was also sort of a, um, a not, not a lot of stability, and we moved a lot. Oh, you did. So when people say, you know, where did you grow up? I think, well, we moved around. I lived in Oklahoma and Arizona, New Mexico, Ohio, Toronto, in Canada, yes. just California, lots of different places. Wow. Um, changed grade schools a lot in the middle. Oh. Uh, but finally, when I got to be about in seventh grade, and by that time I had three younger sisters and, and uh, Within a year, there was another on the way. Yes. Um, my mom said, you know, to, to my dad, honey, we can't keep just picking up and moving all the time. Yes. Um, you know, sometimes they would only be in a place for four or five months. And so a lot of moving. Gosh, and yeah. so I was able to because I guess my little sisters were like anchors or, or weights or something, but we were able to stay in the same place. So I went to high, junior high and high school in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So. All right. So uh, what was that like moving so much? I mean, was that... Do you look back at those memories as being tough, well, difficult? Well, parents are good salespeople, right? Yes. And so my mom would say, <laughs> oh, but it's, you know, and she would tell me, you get to make new friends, and we're going to yes. live in a new place, and, and they would always make it sound inviting and exciting yes. to move. But uh, I remember um, when they moved 
uh, the place where I had finished fifth grade and started sixth grade, and they moved and no, I guess I'd finished sixth grade. That was the first time I'd gone through an entire school year in one place. Wow. And they moved at in uh, right after sixth grade. Yes. And I had already gone through the seventh grade registration. I oh. was uh, had been in a couple weeks of summer band, and I was all set to go to junior high. I was so excited to go to that junior high. Yes. And and, and do what you do at junior high. You change classes and have yeah. electives and all those things. And they moved us when we were visiting my aunt for a little vacation. Yeah. And I never got to go back, say oh. goodbye to my friends. Oh. I was pretty ticked off to my I parents. Bet. Of course, I was also entering that age where you stomp around, roll your eyes, and you're <laughs> moody all the time. And so it probably coincided perfectly. But uh -huh. that was the one time when it was a little bit tough. But the rest of the time, I kind of had developed that identity of the new kid. Yes. And I knew how to be the new kid. Yes. And uh, go in and, and make friends and, and you know meet the teacher and find out what the new school was like. Yeah. So most of the time, it was not bad. Well, that's great. So uh, did you learn how to dance? In Are fact, <laughs> in that very same place that we moved yeah. out of, um, I, we had done a, a ballroom dance team, uh, a preteen team. Yeah. And on Saturday mornings, my dad said, if you get kids to come, I'll teach them. And so wow. somehow we got kids to come, and, and uh, he taught for free. And uh, nice. so we had a little group that did, you know, the waltz and tango and cha-cha and swing and, and, and other ballroom dances. That yes. Oh, that's great. It was a lot of fun. I love dancing, so. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I, one of my memories, yes. a little mental snapshot, is at the last rodeo. You were having a good old time at yes. the last night party. That's right. Dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have uh, my uh, my ladies that I dance with, uh, uh, Carol and Lucy and Maria, <laughs> and they are all very good dancers. They're very well trained. Okay. Their late husbands were all pretty good dancers. Most of very them. Very so. good. Uh, so, uh, as you look back uh, to your childhood and, and upbringing, uh, do you, do you, who do you look for for inspiration and, and who is really there to, uh, to mentor or to inspire you? Well, you know, I, uh, I probably look to, um, this sounds really strange, um, because I'm going to say the, the ladies I babysat for. Oh, really? But um, I lived in a neighborhood where um, there were there where I you know, golly, let me start over. Where I where I lived, um, yes. the uh, church that I went to had geographical boundaries for you know our congregation, yeah. and it included some nice homes. And um, I was a pretty responsible kid. I had all those younger sisters, right? Sure. I had four younger sisters and, and uh, you know, could change diapers, make dinner, oh, yeah. you know, do it, put people to bed, do all the stuff that people wanted the babysitter to do. Yeah. And so I was a pretty uh, prolific, I had a prolific babysitting kind of career. And uh, when I would go into that nice neighborhood and babysit, I saw the way that these ladies uh, with their you know, husbands were attorneys or, yeah. or something, and they had these nice homes and, and, and the orderliness of the schedules they kept. And, yes. and uh, I just sort of had a taste of a, a, a more structured kind of life. Yes. Um, and so that, that was uh, a bit of a, it created an aspiration. Yes. And then when I got a little older and, and uh, was ready to graduate and make those college, you know, where to go to college type decisions, uh, partly the reason I wanted to go to college was because I was seeing yeah. that this is what an education gets you. It gets you this, this different lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and they were also very supportive. In fact, when I uh, was getting ready to go away to school, yeah. uh, they held a shower 
for me, oh. a, a going to college shower. Wow. And so they gave me things that uh, a freshman might need. Uh -huh. And uh, that was, it was very touching, very sweet. Yes. And, but it was very helpful to know that they sort of were, were cheering me on. Yes. But on the flip, that was sort of the, the one side of it. The flip side of that is that um, for whatever instability that my parents may have had with a, yeah. a you know, a career that wasn't a stable one, mm -hmm. income that wasn't stable and that kind of thing. Yes. Um, the, uh, well, there were, there are two things I want, points I want to make. Yes. So I had social support. At home, I may not have had a lot of money support, but I had love. Oh, right. Yeah. I my dad never graduated from high school. My mom, you know, went to a year of junior college. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they they just were not able to to ever make it on the money side very effectively while I was at home. Yes. But um, I knew that they they loved me and they wanted me and they were proud of me and they they wanted the best for me. I just always had that yeah. grounding, and that makes a big and, and difference. What, what, were, what were those indicators? Was it time? Was it activity? What what? Maybe they just knew how to speak my love language, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, we all have different right. things that, that, you know, make us feel appreciated. Yes. Some people, what is it, gifts or words uh -huh. or, or whatever, hugs or whatever mm -hmm. people need. Um, I don't know, I can't tell you exactly what they did, but they would yeah. say, my dad used to have a phrase uh, or a saying, and he'd say, you know, hey, that person's a winner or, you know, there goes a winner. And that was one of his, maybe it's a salesman kind of a, a yeah. thing, you know, we all got to be winners. And yeah. that was a positive thing for him. But I knew, and maybe it's because he said it a few times, um, but I knew that he thought I was a winner. Oh, um, and, and he would always be very uh, loving. You know, he would, yeah. I got hugs, yes. um, words. My mom would always say, I love you, honey. Mm -hmm. and, and those were important things that yeah. made me feel like, uh, well, you don't, when you're a kid, you never know whether you're rich or poor. Yeah. You, you'd learn that later on. Right. But if, to know that you, you're normal and wanted and, and secure in, in who you are, yeah. that's important. Well, what's really powerful about that is everybody can do that. Yeah, you know? yeah. doesn't take a paycheck <laughs> yeah, to give a hug, right? right? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and maybe stopping and just uh, taking the time to say, hey, you're a winner. It, what the kind of impact that was it, for you. It helped. Forever, right? I mean, yeah. you still think uh, about it. I'll tell you, but then there's a third piece of it. Yes. Uh, great teachers. Wow, I had good teachers in school. Took me under their wing. A guidance counselor took me under her wing. And maybe they saw this kid who was sort of a little rough around the edges. Yeah. And, and maybe they thought it was worth investing a little time helping me out. My mouth is getting dry, excuse yeah. me. But, wow, uh, to have a teacher uh, give you their time or tell mm -hmm. you, uh, look, I'll write a letter of recommendation if you need one. Or you need to maybe work on a resume. Have you ever thought about a resume? What's a resume? Oh, well, here's what a resume is. Yeah. Th that kind of coaching from teachers. Yes. Big. That's a big deal. And so did you always love school? Yeah. You did? Well, yeah. I remember, yeah. you know, the story goes, I went to first grade and I was just so excited to go because I'd never, we didn't go to kindergarten. Back then it wasn't required in, oh, okay. in Arizona and... and it, unless you want to do private kindergarten. But um, I went home uh, and was talking to somebody shortly after school had started, within the first week or two, and you know, yeah. they would say, so how do you like school, Becky? Yeah. And I said, I love school. And recess is a waste of time, <laughs> oh. you know, because I just loved it. But wow. good teachers make you, make you appreciate being yes. in the classroom. So. Well, and you went through a lot of education. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you must have really liked it. <laughs> Uh, there's a, a woman who works at uh, um, Kay's, 
and uh, she was telling some young girls that she was talking to because she's got this scientific background. She yeah. said, I went to the 23rd grade. <laughs> and, and I thought, what grade did I go to? And I counted, and I'm, I'm right up there in the mid-20s. All right. How many grades I went to. That's but, right. Yeah. But yeah, I did like school. Um, you know, I, maybe it's started with that seed that was planted with babysitting. Yes. But education buys you opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, it may not buy you the big paycheck, because I'm quite sure that there are people who have fewer years of schooling than I who make a lot more money. Yes. Than but it buys you um, understanding, it buys you access to yes. some tremendous conversations, experiences, and opportunities. Yeah. So. What, what did it do for your confidence? Did it do anything for your confidence? I guess it does, um, because I, I never feel less educated than others in the room, although um, I'm very insecure when it comes to interpreting statistics appropriately <laughs> and when it comes to certain economic principles. I have to lean on you for that stuff because well, I, I haven't been educated in everything, yes. just a very narrow slice, but, sure. but uh, yeah, it gives you confidence. That, that's a good point. It buys confidence. Yeah. Well, you never have to really feel like you're, you're less than as far as your field, right? And, and your, oh, education does some things. Oh, I always feel less than in my field too, but, but yeah, I, in fact, I remember a professor telling me that uh, there's no insecurity greater than that of an academic. Oh, we always feel like the, you know, the imposter syndrome is strong with academics. Okay. But um, I, you know, that's when, when you realize, let me say it this way, when you realize that everybody suffers from the imposter syndrome, it, it becomes relative after a while. Yes. So, well, but I'm also a woman over 50. Once you turn 50, you kind of say, Look, world, this is it. Yes. This is this is all you're getting, and it's a, it's not half bad. Yeah. So you know. Well, you know what I've found recently is uh, just really embracing that which seems like it's less than uh, like me growing up on a reservation, in Montana. That usually wouldn't be the first thing you would throw out on your business card. But what I found is that those kind of things are what makes you interesting and unique. And they're probably Human, the most yes, relatable, mm -hmm. authentic, yeah. and probably the most powerful things we have are the things that we hide initially. You're right, because we are trying to fit in. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and fitting in is kind of boring. Well, yeah, because <laughs> when you think about your coworkers or your friends, you value the good salsa recipe or the great stories from the army, or the yes. you, you value the things that that make people who they are. Yes. So. Well, the other thing that I ask our guests on this podcast are, are things like how, things that you've overcome, you know, because everybody, everybody has challenges, struggles. Uh, it isn't always, life isn't always easy. And uh, with social media and, and uh, Instagram and all these things, it, we, we see others' lives as being perfect. Uh -huh. You know, there's this window dressing that, wow. They travel and they do all these things, and, and so we think, "Gosh, I'm the—I I might feel alone that I'm going through the struggle, whatever it is." As you look back in your life, what what struggle would you like to share, or or what brought you through a struggle? I might go to uh, what some people might perceive as a big struggle when that would that, that would be economic um, insecurity yeah um, when you are uh, well there were times when I would use my babysitting money to go buy milk or, oh. or toilet yeah. paper 
you know, driving my, riding my bike to, you know, the yes. grocery store to take care of that stuff for, for the family. Um, my dad, he had, um, and, and that, why was there that kind of struggle? Um, my father was uh, a drug addict. Oh, he was. And so maybe this is the struggle. I don't, I don't know how to box it up. Yeah. Is there, the, every problem some can, can sometimes yeah, breed squishy. others. But uh, my mom would call it, he went off on a toot. But it was a silly thing to say, right? Yeah, that, right. that he was sometimes uh, from a Friday to a Monday, we wouldn't know where he was. Um, sometimes there would be a, a week or a two-week period, and oh, there would wow. be, where's Dad? I don't know, where's Dad? And pretty soon you don't talk about it. You, you know that Mom's hurting a little bit, and Dad's yes. not there. And, and then I would hear her on the phone, and I'd realize, okay, money's tight. And so uh, I would, uh, when I was older, I would use my babysitting money to fix those things. Wow. But um, not having a car... Um, Learned get really good at bumming rides or figuring out how to get from one place to another. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, again, I uh, even though my father had that one huge problem and it defined family life, it defined a lot of things. Yeah. Um, again, underneath it all, I knew that he had a good soul and a good spirit. He was mm. a generous person, and and he strangely, uh, he wasn't a loser. And I know that's, you know, winner, loser, yeah. it, it's kind of strange language to, to keep throwing out yeah, here. But no. I, I knew that he wasn't somebody who, who just would never make a good decision. Um, he wanted his girls to wear dresses. At, um, and, and I never owned a pair of jeans until I was in eighth grade because oh, wow. he wanted, you know, us to look like, you know, little girls should look. And, and uh, he uh, wanted us to be respectful to my mother. Um, yes. And so and my mother encouraged us to be respectful to my dad. And so I, I never viewed him as some person who was just never going to make anything of himself yes. because I knew he was a good man. Uh, he would bring people home who were down on their luck. And my mom would go crazy because there'd be some, you know, she'd, in her language, when she was not pretty happy about it, yes. she'd say, you know, there's a bum on the couch. Why? You know, but my, that was my dad's way of just being good to others and sharing what he did have. And, yes. and so... You know, yeah, those those are struggles, or they yes. would would have been for others, mm -hmm. but and they were for me at the time, and I was plenty resentful in my moody teenage years. Yes. But you, when you get older, you can kind of flip it inside out yeah. and realize, okay, well, there were some things we missed out on. Mm -hmm. There, uh, there were school programs where my parents weren't there because they were either working or dad wasn't to be found. Yes. There were things like that, and you feel, you know, poor me, but. I survived it, in, and now I can look back and, and value the times when I get to be there for my kids, mm -hmm. or value the times when I can pay for the yearbook, or, yes. or buy the, the special outfit for the thing that they need. Yeah. Um, so I survived it, obviously. Yes. So it's, it, you know. And it didn't define you, and it didn't define him. Uh, you, in the moment, you think it does define you, yeah. Okay. But now I think, you know what, I still don't want to be financially insecure. Mm -hmm. Nobody does. Nobody chooses that as their first choice of yeah, anything. Exactly. But if something were to happen, I know how to make a meal out of nothing, and I know how to, you know, yeah. survive that. So wow. throw, throw life at me. I can handle <laughs> that part of it. Right. So it made so. you stronger. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's neat. So uh, now, so you went, uh, where'd you go to grad school? You... Uh, uh, UC Berkeley in okay, Berkeley, that's California. Right. Yeah. Yes. And you got your Ph.D.? In political science. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so you've always had an interest in politics. You know, I, yeah. I, I was, for the short time we lived in um, Dayton, Ohio, 
Yeah. Uh, I was the third grade class representative. Wow. And that's when I first learned about student council. And after that, I didn't hear about it again until sixth grade. But I'll tell you, I've always had the bug for running for an office yes. and representing people. I, I, that's, uh, I don't know, a weird little thing. But it started well, early for I, me. Well, I'm glad there are people that <laughs> have that weird little thing because uh, we, we need people to serve uh, and good people to serve. So what is it that, that you love the most? Um, I don't know. I can't speak for what, why I loved it when I was younger because yeah. right now my motivations have completely changed. But um, it's all about making a difference that's positive and that will make the world a better place for my kids. And I, I imagine that there are plenty of moments when you think about the consequences mm -hmm. of whatever you're, you're doing or whatever you get to be doing. Yes. And it's like, if this is going to be good for my kids. It's uh, good, good to do. So, yeah, yeah I want to make Idaho Falls as, as attractive as it can be for young people, for my kids mm -hmm. uh, to want to come back to, to work, or to, um, to, to be able to grow up and thrive. Uh, I, that's a big motivation for me. Yeah. Well, I, you, you're not faking it because I, I work side by side with you, <laughs> and I see the, I mean, you're, you're very passionate about what you do. You put everything you have. There, there's nothing left. I mean, you give it all. You don't put anything, you don't leave anything in reserve. Well, sometimes <laughs> my brains are left in reserve. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. You, but that's because we, there are so many great things we get to work on. Yes. So. Yeah. So, and, and it's not without criticism, right? I mean, there's always, there's always somebody, uh, and probably more than one, and we talked about this, is it, the ratio of thanks versus criticism is probably astronomical. How, how do you deal with that? Well, you know, it might be harder if I were one of those love language people, persons, sorry, who needed, who needed verbal affirmation. Ah. Thankfully, I don't need the verbal affirmation. Therefore, maybe the verbal criticism is not as, um, it doesn't define me and make my day or, yeah. or ruin my day. Uh, but I will say that uh, it doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not aware of it. And then I tried really hard next time around to steer away from that direction so we don't you know, repeat mm -hmm. the same mistakes. Yes. Um, but uh, other times I think, you know what, they wouldn't be saying that if they knew. And, and if they knew, if they knew. And pretty soon there's a theme there and you yes. realize there's so little that people know about how local government functions. Mm -hmm. And it's because, well, let me just ask you. When was the last time you took a class in local government? Right. right? And you're, you're, you know, well-educated now. Yeah, I'm probably we are in my class. never <laughs> required to take that class, yeah. ever. It's never taught. And uh, nor is state government really ever taught. The only kind of government that really gets taught is national-level government. That's right. And that's not until high school. Um, prior to that, you're learning history. And history, I mean, all of it is important. Yes. But the fact that we're never taught how to be local citizens is something, you just have to learn it on the job. And most mm. people don't know what they don't know, and so they don't even know to ask. And so I am constantly teaching people something they didn't know about why yeah. an outcome was this way instead of that way, or what a budget constraint really is. Or So, so yeah, there's a lot of teaching. And, and so it's easy to forgive someone who doesn't know yes. that they're criticizing about something they didn't understand. Yeah. So. So you, you, you bring a lot of patience then. <laughs> My kids would tell you I'm not a patient person, but uh, you have to be in public. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so the other thing that's fascinating to me is that uh, you just don't let it penetrate who you are and let it get you down. 
well, I guess maybe, maybe, you see, maybe that's what you see. Uh, what I think is you just keep trying, you keep trying, you keep trying, keep trying. Yes. Till someday and, you get through. Well, the other thing is you're, you're also learning too and you're listening, right, to some of those criticisms. Well, maybe I'm not going to do it this way or I'm not going to communicate this way next time around. Yeah, right, right, right. Because no, you're it's right. perceived this way or, or it comes off this way or whatever. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. The, the best part of this job yes. is, or, or the worst part of this job is not the criticism. The worst job, yeah. part of the job is being, is worrying about failing or letting someone down. That's the worst part. Oh. Um, but, uh, or yeah, just not getting something done that you know needs to be done. Yes. Uh, I would feel... Um, and then the best parts are when you get something done that you know is important. Yeah. Uh, the pass, the getting the uh, College of Eastern Idaho on the ballot was a big, big deal to me. Oh. And the citizens passed it, and yes. now we have this institution that is oh. more uh, capable of preparing our, you know, local uh, uh, citizens. I guess I'll say, preparing its students for. Uh, a career than we were before, mm -hmm. right? Than when it was oh. just a technical college, and that was satisfying. Um, I have uh, another thing that I worry about, and I, it'll be satisfying when it happens. Yes. But I worry about it happening. Is is building a new uh, law enforcement facility? That's a yes. very important uh, community need, and so well, speaking of I worry about those things. Educating yeah. the community, uh, most people probably don't realize the state that the current facility is in. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, unless you've <laughs> been a client, maybe. <laughs> well, you were, in fact, we're in eight different places. We, we park yes. our SWAT vehicle remotely from where anybody is so that yes. if there's an emergency, they have to get to the SWAT vehicle. We have our uh, leadership separate from our uh, patrol, yes. which is separate from detectives. We've got uh, a training facility that's separate. We've got, um, we have a, another, the SWAT facility is separate and where they have their situation room is separate from where the cars park by yes. several miles. We just are spread out like you wouldn't believe and that makes for not just inefficiency or, yeah. oh, I don't get to be in the same hallway as my boss. It makes for, I think, operational dysfunction and mm -hmm. slow uh, response time. And that translates into absolute safety concern. Yes. Uh, and so we really need to, it, to get it, this done. Does it impact morale at all, do you think? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Um, if, uh, when, you don't, when, when the boss can't walk down the hallway and give you yes. verbal affirmation, yeah. uh, or when you feel like, oh, well, they've got the office with the carpet or, mm, yes. you know, or something, you just right. start feeling not as good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So my, my personal goal every year is to go on at least one ride along. Ah, that is a great experience, isn't it? It is. Really eye-opening. The, the dedication that those people have to keep us safe. And you leave that ride-along experience with not just an appreciation and dedication, but also just brand new awareness for mm -hmm. what our community looks like from yes. that perspective. And but, the needs. But I agree with you in that my first several ride-alongs, I just left thinking, wow. That officer, what a man, what mm -hmm. a guy, what a person. Yes. Uh, and, and they have impact. Yes. I have to tell you, there yeah. was one ride along that I went on, and we had just uh, removed a 25 year old young man who'd made some pretty lousy decisions, substance abuse issues. Sure. Uh, and he had a girlfriend who was underage, who was pregnant, who um, was counting on him because she'd been kicked out of her home. 
and then he was being hauled away to jail and he was on a he was violating a probation yes, order. so yes. he was in big trouble and was going to be there for a long time and she was going to be alone for a long time and that goodbye was hard to watch and he gave her you know some money out of his pocket all he had because he didn't the officers let him you know do that before they left and uh, anyway uh, he was feeling like you know just lower than low as he was sitting in the back yeah. of that car on the way to the jail and I'm sitting in the front seat on this ride-along, kind of feeling bad about the whole scenario and all the different socioeconomic factors that are at play. Yes. And uh, the officer started talking to him, giving him a little pep talk, which, you know, you don't see this in the movies. Yes. And he said something along the lines of, you know, your future starts right now. You can, you can make better decisions starting right now, and you, wow. can, you can get to a better place. It, but it, it starts now. And he, and he, but he didn't preach it. Yes. He shared it powerfully, man to man, as this was happening. And, yes. and uh, I was so, so impressed with how that moment played out. Yeah. Well, that's a message for everyone, isn't oh, it? I but, love our officers. Yeah. Good yeah, guys. Too. Yeah. And, and young ladies, too. There's yes, sorry. Great, great females out there. <laughs> well, in fact, we are uh, just about to have our very first female um, uh, lieutenant, and that's really? a big deal. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. What great news. I Soon. love to hear that. Soon. I've seen them in action, and, and they're powerful as well. And, and uh, uh, they step up every, every way. Some uh, of the uh, impressive cold bit. case work that's been done by our department in the past year um, was done by uh, oh. uh, Sergeant Jessica Marley. Mm. And so, um, wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're, it, it takes men and women to, to bring a complete point of view to every career, I think. Yes. And so we're fortunate to have uh, some women, but not enough. Yes. Uh, I would like to see a little more, uh, not, not, I don't know if we'll ever get to parity. Because mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a physically demanding job, and uh, sometimes it's hard for women to get through that initial screening. Yes. But uh, I would like to see more women serving. So, uh, as as we kind of end end our little uh, time together here. I've talked and, too much. No, I? it was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. You shared some great things. It's, it, uh, somebody out there that is thinking about running for political office, what would be your number one uh, piece of advice? For them to consider you're done with the question okay yes I'll tell you that uh, one of my personal mottos is uh, make a difference right mm -hmm. uh, we have all been given something and uh, we need to do something with it mm -hmm. um, in the Bible there's a parable of the talents right? Yes, right you're given something and you need to multiply it in order to really be a uh, to I think to have lived a full life yeah and and so that's a reason to get involved um, children are a reason to get involved and can be a personal motivator yeah. um, but uh, there's also just this wonderful sense of satisfaction that comes from being able to point to something in your community and know mm. I had, I had a role in improving that, in mm -hmm. cleaning that up, in, in dressing that up, or yes. in, you know, beautifying, fixing. Uh, we have a council member, uh, Jim Freeman, who was passionate about this hands-free driving ordinance that the city passed. Oh. And uh, he's been watching. Other cities in Idaho have passed those. And yesterday, uh, someone in the legislature, you know, said, maybe this needs to be statewide. Um, and wow. so th there are some uh, very satisfying kinds of moments like that when mm -hmm. you serve. Uh, you don't serve for the thank yous. Yeah, you know, if you do, you're going to start a little bit. Yes. But um, you serve for the, the privilege mm -hmm. of uh, shaping your community into hopefully a, a better place. Yes. So. 
Yes, one, one of the things you told me one time, I think it might even been in a card, um, was that uh, you, you leave the community better than when you found it. Isn't that the old, one of the old Boy Scout rules? Yeah, right. You leave the campsite better than you found it. Yes. I, that was ingrained in my head. I was a Girl Scout and we were taught that. Leave this better than you found it. Yes. And so, yeah, absolutely. Well, you're doing it. Well, you, you do it. Oh. And thank you for the work you do with EGSR. Oh. Uh, thank you for the work you do with the rodeo. Thank you for the oh. support you, that uh, you and the bank provide to the zoo. Uh, these are all things that enrich uh, the place where we live oh. in ways that are meaningful. Well, it's a, it's a team effort. Thank you so much. It is. It is. Mayor. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Community Connections. Each episode allows you to hear unique stories of your neighbors, colleagues, friends, and Community Connections. You can find our podcasts available on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and other popular platforms. Subscribe to our channel to keep up to date on all future conversations.